0: Let's pray. Father, well, we do uh, thank you this morning, God, for your, your grace in our lives. And, and I do pray that as we, uh, again, as we continue this study and, and looking at faith, Lord, that, uh, Lord, I know that we don't need more faith. We just need a greater God. So I pray that as we reveal these different people and and how they trusted you in areas of their life and the steps that they took uh, towards that, God, that it would empower us to trust you more Lord, I think it gets down to that simple. We just have to trust you. And again, whether we're talking about marriage, whether we're talking about, about uh, uh, heartbreak or any of those things going on, Lord, difficulties in our lives spiritually, emotionally, Lord, if we trust you, God, our whole life begins to change. So I pray that you would, again, open up our eyes and that, God, you would be glorified in this time, and we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, last time we were together, we looked at and we defined faith in the first three verses of this chapter, so we get a handle on. Here's what faith is. Now, for the next month, month and a half, maybe two months, we're gonna look at different examples of different people who trusted the Lord. A lot of people call this section in Hebrews the hall of faith or the heroes of faith or, or whatever. And i like to look at it as this. It's just simply people like us. All these people were no different than us. But they trusted the Lord. And they trusted the Lord explicitly. So, hey, I'm praying that as we walk through this that we will be encouraged to step out, maybe step out in some areas that you've been holding back. Maybe the Lord has been pushing you and you're going, no way. I know some of us, listen, some of us get motivated by him dragging us. We have heel marks all the way. And he's dragging us. And that's okay. At least you're getting drugged, right? At least you're not at a standstill. So listen, as we begin today, we begin in the very to me in the very beginning. We're gonna begin with this guy named Abel. And we're going to look at him. Now, a couple things I think that's interesting about him. Number, number one, he's like one of four people on the planet at that time. And so I think that's kind of cool. So you don't have a, listen, if you start in the beginning, you don't have a lot to choose from. Now, some people say, why didn't he start with Adam or Eve and, and then kind of go from there? You need to understand something. Adam and Eve did not have the same kind of faith we have. And here's what I mean by that. Adam and Eve walked with the Lord. They hung out with him every day till they got kicked out of the garden. So they had a whole different perspective. And and listen, they didn't have to walk so much by faith as we did because they had that relationship. So he's not going to, listen, they had an advantage, let's say, over us. So he's not going to start there. He's going to start with this guy Abel. And we're going to kind of talk about Cain and Abel, the differences and what happened there. But I want to read this to you because I think this is important. Uh, uh, I want one of the old dead guys wrote this, and here's what he said. He says, death is never the last word in the life of a righteous man. When a man leaves this world, be he righteous or unrighteous, he leaves something in the world, and he may leave something that will grow and spread like a cancer or poison, or he may leave something like a fragrance of perfume or a blossom of beauty that permeates the atmosphere with blessing. Now, I read that and I think most of us, like, we're going, I wanna be the second guy, right? None of us wanna to, want to do that other thing. And here's what I believe. If we wanna be that second guy, I think it's this simple. Just trust the Lord. Trust the Lord and and trust Him as He directs you and guides you and step out in some areas. And I'm not talking about blind faith. I'm talking about acting on what God has shown you now we're going back obviously when we go back to Abel we're going right back to the very beginning right we're going we're going millenniums ago and and you know some people go why do we go that far back different time different culture I mean you talk about you talk about somebody that's not with it in 2021 Abel's not with it in 2021 but what he did is very relevant, even maybe more relevant than what a lot of people are doing in 2021. And so that's the important thing. And here's what I love. Abel's a worshiper. Isn't it interesting that the author of Hebrews, the very first example he gives of faith is a worshiper. And that tells me something. We all should be worshipers worship worship isn't just what happened you know during the first part of this service we're supposed to continue an attitude of worship in the word and then check this out we're supposed to continue an attitude of worship through our life through our day so i think abel sets that up so let's read listen let's read the first uh, the first the first verse and only verse and then we'll we'll talk about it and we'll go to genesis in uh, hebrews eleven four. 4 it says this by faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts and through it being dead still speaks. Now, it's interesting. So he's, he's, he's bringing up this idea of Abel. And something I want us to know, Jesus in Matthew calls Abel a righteous man. Other places, Abel is referred to in the New Testament as righteous. Righteous. Why was he righteous? He wasn't righteous for what he did. He was righteous because he had faith. Don't ever forget that. Listen, a lot of people do a lot of things and they're not righteous. You can do a ton of good works and not be righteous. So listen, he believed God, he believed in God, and he believed God and he acted on that. So he was righteous by that. Now, now here it says that by faith, he offered to God a more excellent sacrifice. So that's telling me they were worshiping. He came and offered God something. And for some of us, we might say, you know, what does that look like? And how did Abel know what to do? Well, I believe because God revealed to him what to do. I believe maybe he revealed to him, he might have revealed to him through his mom and dad, but listen, he didn't have a whole bunch of light, right? He didn't have a whole bunch of scripture. How much scripture did did Abel have? Three chapters, right? Genesis chapter one, two, and three. Some of us say, man, I could read the Bible if you'd give me that. But that's all the revelation he had, and his parents were showing him things, and he acted on what light he gave. In Romans chapter 10, here's what it says. Romans chapter 10, pretty easy verse. Here's what it says. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. If you hear God, then you act on what God's showing you, you're exercising your faith, but you can't exercise faith if you don't hear him. So first of all, we have to set ourselves up to act on it, right, to do it. So he offered a more excellent sacrifice because he believed God, he trusted God, and his was more excellent than Cain's. So now let's go, if we're bringing that up, let's let's go to Genesis chapter four, and keep your finger here, we'll come back and finish up here, but we're gonna spend some time here looking at Genesis chapter four, and look at these two brothers. And here's the thing I want us to realize. They had the same parents, They had the same environment, right? I mean, you look at everything with these two guys, and to me, it's sort of amazing. They took two completely, almost different paths in life, and you gotta wonder, like, where does that come from? And again, I think that comes, part of it is a genetic makeup, but part of it is trusting God and not trusting God, and someone who wants to follow God, and someone who just wants to be religious. And so look at this as we begin in, in verse one, it says this. Now, Adam knew his wife, King, in, in, in Genesis 4.1, knew his wife knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Now, a lot of people imply in this that Eve maybe thought that this was the one, the seed who was gonna come and, and the Savior that was promised in chapter three after she fell and God said that, that your seed will come Uh, be crushed or Satan will crush his hill but he will crush his head so listen we, we have that and maybe she was thinking that maybe not or maybe she just thought wow I had a kid you know, and I brought forth this man, and then she has another one, right? Verse two, then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain a tiller of the ground. So you have these two guys. Now listen, it's interesting to me, we like don't know anything about their infancy. We don't know anything about their childhood. We go from birth to adult, Right? and it says one is the tiller of the ground, nothing wrong with that, and the other is the keeper of the sheep. Now, what's fascinating to me, some people go, you see how crazy the Bible is? And I go, why is it crazy? Well, but listen, if they were the first people, they couldn't, they couldn't have domesticated animals that quick. Well, I kinda think they could for two reasons. One, I think they were so far advanced from where we're at now in some things that we'll, we'll never catch up. Number two, because the Bible said so right the bible says he's a keeper of the uh, 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 of animals so one is maybe what we would call the rancher and the other a farmer right so you got those two guys kind of went two different directions and i don't think there's anything wrong with that necessarily with their quote life choices they made but they're going in that direction and then it tells us, verse three, and in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord and Abel also brought, the first, uh, brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat. Now here's what's interesting to me. In the process of time or in the right time, so here's something that that's telling me. There was already worship going on and sacrifice going on. It was set up. God said, here he said, at the right time, they came and they brought an offering. And that tells me that God revealed to them what to do. Maybe through their parents. If you remember when Adam and Eve sinned, do you remember what the very first thing God did? He killed an animal and clothed them. Listen, it wasn't just for them to get clothes. It was to let them know that their sin cost a life. Sin can only be paid for by blood. And it cost. and I believe, listen, I believe in that scene, I believe Adam and Eve were completely freaked out. I believe that like, just like, what on earth took place? And I believe then God revealed to them, when their sin, here's what you need to do. So now, in the process of time, as they had come to worship, I don't think this was the very first time they came. I think they had been worshiping God all along. But here's what I believe happened. Somewhere along the line, Cain thought, I got a better idea. And Cain brought for worship the first fruits of the ground. Now, Technically there's nothing wrong with that. You can even look in Leviticus. They were they were supposed to do that. They could offer their, their work. But you have to come with the right heart. You see, I'm not so sure. I do think I do think he brought the wrong thing, but I think the greater thing is he had the wrong motive behind what he brought. You see, I believe Cain came to the Lord with this thought, I know better. I know what you have required of us, but really, really, that's kind of just weird. Like really, you would want a bloody, stinky, nasty carcass laying there that's been skinned and someone burning on it than this nice basket of veggies that I've put together and they're beautiful and they're perfect. Which one would you rather, Lord, really, which one would you rather look at, that or this? And I believe he's saying this, I know better than God, and I'm going to come my own way. Hmm. You see, now, a lot of us are like, what a doof. But yet, I believe we do that often. I believe God has revealed to us through his word how we're supposed to relate to him. I believe he's revealed to us through his word how to relate to him. I believe he's revealed to us in his word how to have a good marriage. We're doing that now. I believe he's revealed to us in his word how to raise our children properly. I believe he's revealed to us in his word how we're supposed to act as employers and employees. I believe he's shown all of that. But here's what happens. We think we know better. And we get involved in maybe our marriage and we go, well, I know what the Bible says, but man, that is like I know better and we do it our own way, and every single time we do that, we get into trouble, and so Cain is coming on Cain's terms, not on God's terms, and people go, how do you know that God revealed something to them for this one reason, it says Abel came by faith, And faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And it had to have been revealed to them what to do or Abel wouldn't have known what to do. Listen, I think too many of us think this whole idea of faith is like, woo, and we just like, you know, we put faith in faith and we kind of do something on our own. No, faith is believing God and then acting on it. Now here's the thing. Both of these men believed in God. But only one of them believed God Do you see the difference? There's a lot of people believe in God. There's people in this room right now that believe God or believe in God, but they're not believing God. They're not trusting him. So Cain comes with his own thing and he offers uh, what he offered. Now some of you are going, "Ah, I'm, I'm not so sure you're right, Pat. Maybe you're reading too much. Well, let's read on. It says, listen, it says, At the end of verse four, it says that, you know, he brought uh, the the, uh, firstborn of his flock, and they're fat. And then at the end of verse four, it says, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So now listen, I think you only get angry when you get busted, right? And God busted him, and God communicated to them again people go how did God communicate to them well in a minute he's going to talk to Cain so here's how I think he communicated I don't like what you brought dude kind of thing you know and and so I think he just let him know and he's all angry why is he angry because he wasn't coming in faith He was coming in his own agenda, and he had his own idea. And now, listen, something I found in life, when your ideas get shot down, you kind of get bummed out, right? And you get a little bit angry, and no matter what we're talking about, I'm talking about just realistic things in life. You come up with this thing and go, i got a great idea. And somebody goes, that is like the dumbest thing I have ever heard in my entire life. And then you get, you know, what do you know? And then you And then your countenance falls and you kick the dirt and you're all mad. And so that's Cain. He's all mad. I don't think he shook his fist at God. But listen, man, he is angry about what's going on. Now, here's what I love. God doesn't give up. I love this section, not so much at the end of it, but I love what happens here. Listen, this guy has blatantly blown it before God, blatantly done his own thing, blatantly shown anger, and and is just like, I've had it. And what does God do? Check out what God does, God goes after him. It bothers me when people say, well I don't like the Old Testament God, he's a mean God. This God is extremely gracious and kind and merciful. And he goes to Cain, look at what it says. It says, listen, after verse five, his countenance had fallen, look at verse six. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? Listen, here's what he's saying, what's up, Cain? Come on, why are you acting this way? And again, I think there's direct communication. I don't think this is like, here's what I felt the Lord said. I don't know about you guys, God's never spoke to me. So when... I feel like he's revealed something to me. I have to go to the word to confirm it. I have to go through prayer to confirm it, etc. I think here, it was audible. Hey, Cain, why are you so angry? What's going on? That implies that Cain knew the right thing to do and didn't do it. Did your parents ever bust you? Never, because you did nothing wrong. I remember whenever my dad would bust me and I would get mad, here was his next question. Why did you do it? I always hated that question. And then my dad was a little bit stern that way. He would say, Pat, my dad never called me Patrick. My mom did, but my dad always called me Pat. Pat, why did you do that? And I would say, well, you know, here's the situation. And I would begin to explain why I did it. And here's what he would say. I don't want to hear your excuses and I think God you just asked me why I did that kind of like God here Cain why are you doing that and I would tell and he would I want to hear it and then so I learned it didn't take me a long time took me like eight times but then finally he would say Pat why did you do that here's what I would tell him because I'm stupid that's why dad just stupid let's get on with the beatings no he didn't beat me I shouldn't say that Felt like it, but he didn't. My dad was not was not violent and over the top. He spanked me several times. But it's like, let's just get on with the punishment. Let's get away from this whole, we don't even need to discuss it. But here is God going after Cain saying, why? Why did you do this? Why is your countenance down? And here's what he's saying. You knew the right thing to do, and you didn't do it. Now, I don't think he's saying, and check out your brother Abel, look what he did. I don't think God would do that. He's just saying, why did you do that? Oh, and then, listen, and, and Cain's like not talking to him. So look at verse seven. If you do well, will you not be accepted? Here's what he's saying. Cain, just do the right thing. Does that blow your mind? Have you ever looked at God at that perspective? Have you ever understood that when you blow it, God is on your side wanting you to do the right thing. He's not against you. He's not, he's not in heaven going, good. He's going, man, come on. I love the idea that he's going after Cain. He says, look, just do the right thing. Why are you doing that? Do the right thing. And then listen, and then he says this. He says, listen, do the right thing and, and uh, will you not be accepted? And verse 7, if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you, but, it should, but you should rule over it. Here's what he's saying, man, make the right choice now. In other words, your offering wasn't good and now you're going down a road and you're going to wreck Has God ever revealed to you that you shouldn't be going the direction you're going? And here's what we do. Eh, I don't think he's quite right. And then we hit the wall or whatever it is and we're like devastated and we cry out to God and he said, I told you, right? Not I told you so, I told you. Now listen, he's there to pick up the pieces but he's the whole time trying to pull us back, pull us back. Now here's what blows my mind. Cain's mom, remember Cain's mom, Eve? She's in the garden and hanging out in the garden and gives up everything they have. We talked about this Thursday. Here's what blows my mind. Adam and Eve had it perfect. Do you understand perfect, perfect? Listen, there was no elections, hallelujah. Right, they had it perfect. God is in control. They had it perfect, and for like 10 seconds of sweetness, they gave it all up. That's kind of a mind blower, isn't it? But she was talked into it, wasn't she? Remember that, that, that snake guy shows up and does a whole dialogue with her. And she's talked into sinning. Now here's what blows my mind. Here's her son Cain, and God is trying to talk him out of sinning. And he's going, nope, man, I'm gonna sin anyway. And some of us are that stubborn, aren't we? God is saying, don't do it, don't do it. Listen to me, you're right there. You're about to get devastated. You need to pull back. And Cain's going, no, I don't think so, man. I'm kind of thinking, you know what? I'm gonna go through with this and I'm gonna stay mad and my mad's gonna, you know, my anger's gonna turn into wrath and my wrath's gonna turn into, well, what is this wrath? Look, we know, most of us know this story, right? This is one that everybody knows whether they went to Sunday school or not, verse nine. I'm sorry, verse eight. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Bummer. Bummer, so the man of righteousness doesn't really have a good ending, right? Because here's what some people say. Well, you know, if we walk by faith, you know, we're gonna walk in a bed of roses. Everything's gonna go great. Everybody's gonna love us. Everything's gonna be good. That's not what faith is about. Faith is about trusting God in spite of what's coming, in spite of what might happen, in spite of the end results. You're just gonna trust God because he's worthy to be trusted. So Cain does that. Now, here's what sort of blows my mind when we talked about about the legacy you leave and what goes on. Think about Cain. I want to read a couple passages. In 1 John chapter 13, here's what it says. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. In Jude chapter one, well, Jude 1, 11, only only one chapter, right? In Jude verse 11, here's what it says. Do not go the way of Cain. So all of a sudden, listen, you got this guy who did this, and here's what he's known for. Sin, and how ugly sin is. In the New Testament, when Abel's brought up, here's what it says, Abel the righteous one, or righteous Abel. When Cain's brought up, here's what it said: don't go the way of Cain, don't wanna do what Cain did. Which side do you wanna be on? One came by faith and trusted God, the other came by works and did their own thing. Now, I believe, listen, I believe the author of Hebrews set this up on purpose because who's he writing to? He's writing to people who are trying to come to God by works, and they want to revert back to works. And he's saying, listen, it doesn't work when you come by works because you cannot get where you're trying to get. Now, go back, go back to uh, Hebrews. We'll kind of begin to wrap this up. And, and so, listen, I think it's important that we look at this and it says, so, so he offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. And again, we've, we've hit on that, right? Jesus called him righteous, Abel. Here he's called righteous. So he had this witness. And then it says, God testifying of his gifts and through it being dead, he still speaks. Cain's been dead for a while. I mean, I'm sorry, Abel. And yet he's still speaking to us. Today we're, we're looking at him. And this guy came to God in worship, but he came the right way. And he leaves this fragrance and he leaves this testimony. Now here's my question. What is your testimony? Oh, I'm not talking about when you're here. Hey, when people come to church, you're always good. Well, mostly always. Some of you not. Mostly. And here's what I always find funny when, you know, a lot of you work on post and you have your, your, your you know, whatever, every 10-year uh, renewal and, and you have to get uh, investigated. And, and a lot of people get my name as they're investigated. And the investigators come and they go, do you know so-and-so? And I go, yeah, I know them. Well, what do you know about them? I go, seriously, they come to church. And I go, number one, number one, when they're here, they're going to be like, they're going to be on their best behavior. Do they gamble? Not in church. You know what I mean? I'm thinking, why are you asking me these questions? And then I tell them this. Even if I knew something, I wouldn't tell you because they've told me in confidence and I'm not gonna tell you, so you shouldn't even ask me. And they go, what do you know? I don't know anything, but even if I did, I wouldn't tell you. And so now, I haven't, I haven't had an investigator come in like the last eight years, I guess. They kind of went, don't go talk to him. He's not a good witness. But listen, you guys come to church. We, it's easy to be good in church, isn't it? Put on the nice thing. We all come here with a smile. We all come here like our, even our trip here was pleasant when we fought all the way here, right? You get in a parking lot, get out of your car. <laughs> but you get in and you do that. So, I, hey, I know, but... Here's the thing, what is your witness like in the world? I believe, I believe we witness every place we go. Not always with our mouth, but we witness every place we go. And here's my question. I love in Corinthians, he says, we're the fragrance of Christ. Now listen, I know for some people that's a stench, and that's okay, that's on them. But are you leaving that fragrance behind? Do people understand and know? Are you as a Christian living above, even if you don't, even if you never say a word about God, are you leaving that, that, just that scent of, there's something different about that person. There's something that they have that I don't. And that's what we need to do. There, there's a story of one of the uh, old, 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 old dead guys. And a young guy said, hey, or he got this young guy. He got a, a young guy and said, hey, let's go into town and let's witness. And he got all excited because he's going with the, you know, the, the great one. And they just walked down this street and they picked something up here and then they went over here and they picked something else up and kind of went in a circle and came back to, to where they were living. And the, the young guy goes, uh, I thought we were going to witness. And he said, we did. He goes, no, we didn't say anything. And he goes, yeah, we did. We did with our actions. And then he told him this. He said, do not walk anywhere to preach unless you preach everywhere you walk. Hmm. Something to keep in mind, huh? So Abel, let's be Abels, right? It was fun. Last night, there was a person here named Abel, and I kept looking at him, and he kept going, yes. So, <laughs> Let's be Abel's. Let's be people who we're out there and the world knows, man, there's something about you. So let's carry our worship wherever we go and and let's not be the the way of Cain. Again, Cain, you read about him in the Bible, it's always negative. Abel, you read about him and it's always positive. So you and I have a decision to make. We're either gonna trust God or not. I wrote down three things here about, about learning from Abel. One is, We need to come to God by faith, not by works. We're not just believing in God. We are gonna believe God. And if he tells me to do something this way, I need to do it that way. Why? Father knows best, right? And we do that and we go that way. And then we need to accept and obey God's revelation above my own self-will. That's the hard part. God will reveal to you in his word. And here's what we do. Ah, that kind of goes against what I really think and what I really want to do, and then we blow it. I gotta be really honest, isn't that kind of stupid? Like, would you like to have a doctor that found something wrong with you? You know, even, even something pretty catastrophic, and he said, you know what, what do you think I should do? Like, give me your, give me your opinion. Now, I know a lot of us have opinions, but don't you want a doctor that's going to take action? Or how about this? How about, how about if you have a doctor and he goes, you know, you've got a cute, you know, you've got a, a gallstone and we need to get rid of that. We need to take on that. But, you know, I haven't been studying about gallbladders a lot, but I know a lot about appendixes. So let me take out your appendix and let's start there. And then whatever, we'll just see what happens. And be, who cares what the books say? Who cares what's a We don't want that. We don't want that in in any area of our life. We talk about a contractor. We talk about a pilot. We talk about, we don't want people who are going to, but why do we do that with God? The most important thing in our life, our spiritual life, why do we go, I can handle it better. Let's trust and obey him over our own thing. And then the last thing we need to know is sin is severely punished. Don't sin. Now, I know I'm talking to a lot of believers, and I know that our sin is paid for, but do you know how much our sin cost? Costs God everything. And I believe, listen, I believe when we confess our sin, that whole thing is all brought up again because our sin has to get covered by the blood. So just kind of keep that in mind, and then let's be people, man. Hey, the righteous shall live by faith. That's what the Bible says. So let's live by faith, not blind faith, not stupid faith, faith in what God has said and then let's flesh it out. Let's stand up and pray. Father, I I thank you for your word and I thank you for your challenge here uh, this morning. And as we think about what you've challenged us with and and Lord, I just pray that, that we would be men and women who God, we're ready to do what you've called us to do. Lord, not people who just hear something and go on, but I pray we would be men and women who, God, we are going to react to what you show us. And by that, I mean we're gonna take action. We're not just gonna, we're not just gonna put it aside, but we're gonna be like Abel, even, listen, even when something else might seem to make better sense to us we're going to trust you and i do pray that we would be people who we live by faith not having faith in faith but having faith in a great god and that you would be glorified in our lives and i'm going to ask you here this morning to to just stay in an attitude of prayer for another couple moments and maybe you're here today and I'm talking about this faith stuff and you've never, you've never taken that first, that, quote, very first step of faith in trusting that Jesus Christ died for your sin because that's where all of this starts. And even that's the hard one. So I just want to encourage you here today, if you've never asked Jesus to forgive your sins, if you've never asked him to take control of your life, I want to challenge you to just do that right now Step out in faith and trust what God says. The Bible says that we're all sinners, every one of us. And that the wages of sin is death. So number one, the first thing, it shouldn't be hard to admit you're a sinner because you're in a room full of sinners. Number two, the wages of sin is death. You're either gonna have to pay that or someone is gonna pay that for you. Jesus took your place and paid the price. This morning, all you have to do is put your faith in that. Now that sounds simple, but I know it's hard. You've gotta step out and you've gotta say, yes, I believe God and I believe what he said and I want that forgiveness. If you take that step, I guarantee you right now, you will be washed clean, your sins will be forgiven, and you can begin that relationship with God. So if you wanna do that, I'm gonna say a prayer and you can say this prayer after me out loud or you can say it silently. Maybe you're here today and you're backslidden and it's close to the first of year, and you're going, yeah, I'm trying to get back. I'm making New Year's resolution or whatever. Hey, if you're backslidden, say this prayer with us. Come home. Come back to Jesus. Hey, you made it to church. Now take the next step and, and come back. If you're watching online and you're sitting at your home, you don't have to be in here to say this prayer. You can say it right there and, and uh, call on his name, and you will be saved. So repeat this after me. Jesus, today I confess to you that I am a sinner. I'm sorry that I sinned against you, God. And right now I'm asking for forgiveness. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for your forgiveness today. And right now I'm asking you to come into my heart and change me. Jesus, I want you to come into my life and guide me. I'm asking you to be my Lord and my Savior.